Hey, what's up? This is Scott Ian from Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. This is Jill Janis of Huntress, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 432 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 432, we have joining us for maybe only the second, third time, uh, trying to remember back, we have someone from the world of comedy joining us. We have joining us in just a bit, Brian Posehn, who has been... um, Probably most notably, many people know him as Bert from Big Bang. He's been on Friends. He's been on Seinfeld. He's in The Mandalorian, for God's sakes. Uh, has been authored uh, several times, uh, done a whole series of Deadpool comics, um, has been in Anthrax videos, uh, and just a genuine metalhead. Uh, and finally, uh, he finished his album, which will be coming out on the 14th on Megaforce. It is Grandpa Metal. Uh, which is certainly a comedy album. I mean, that's what Brian is known for. He's known for a really good stand-up comedy with certainly a nod towards heavy metal. But uh, in listening to it, it's also a quality metal record, uh, just straight-up metal record. Now, he's got on this album, not limited to, but Scott Ian, Gary Holt, uh, Chuck Billy, Zetro Souza uh, from Exodus, um, you name it. Uh, There's a who's who, Phil Demmel, uh, guys from Amon of Marth. The album is produced by Jay Rustin. So this is a quality, full-on metal album. Also features um, Jill Janis, uh, who unfortunately passed away last year. One of her final performances. We're going to play you actually a little bit of that track, uh, which is a cover of the 80s track from Aha, the song Take On Me. So you think, okay, this is going to be a little bit weird. But uh, this has got Brendan Small, uh Jill Janis, Chuck Billy, Zetro, as I mentioned, are all on this. So this is a pretty cool. As I, I kind of joke with him in the interview, this album is almost like a We Are the World of Heavy Metal. Uh, there's so many cool people in, involved in this project. So without further ado, we're going to play Take On Me from the album Grandpa Metal. We'll get into that interview with Brian. I don't know what I've 
Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome to Iron City Rocks we have on the line, Brian Posehn. How you doing, Brian? I'm good. How are you? Doing fantastic. You, um, in in looking at this, you're about to release Grandpa Metal. Um, not new as far as you doing albums, but you know, a full-on music album. I think is something uh, kind of unique. Um, can you talk a little bit about how? You decided to put together, you know, a full-on album. Obviously, you have a, a literally a who's who of, of metal involved with you. But how, how did the stars align to do this at this time? Well, I'd done songs with Scott Ian before on my uh, stand-up records, where I'd done stand one or two songs. I did uh, uh, Metal by Numbers a while back, and then More Metal Than You. And and uh, mm-hmm. after we'd done those, it was, there was always the idea of let's do a full album at some point. And then. Uh, it's been a while, but about six years ago, we signed at Megaforce to do this record, and it, it took it took that long to make it, it, and mostly because of Scott and I having crazy schedules, and then we just kind of, you know, it just stretched and stretched, and mm-hmm. next thing we knew, you know, we had the, the Chinese democracy of comedy metal records, but uh, that was never the intention to take this long, but then once we had taken about five years i said man we gotta we gotta wrap this up and yeah so uh i got people to help me and uh and uh finish the record and now it's i can't believe i'm actually talking about this thing that's been in my head for so long yeah but it was really the idea of just you know uh putting out a fun comedy metal record combining these things that i love and and uh hoping that other people uh you know will get it i think it's it's really for metalheads. I yeah. don't. I don't think people that don't listen to heavy metal are gonna, you know, uh, find this or enjoy this. But uh, if you've listened to metal for your whole life, I think you'll have fun. Yeah, it, you're exactly right. I think when you listen to, you know, somebody might listen to an Adam Sandler sing a song. So, you know, they can be somewhat universal. But when you listen to Satan's kind of a dick, you know, you're speaking to me. You know, the guy who. You know, is, is bought the Slayer and the Anthrax and the Dio albums and stuff, but I think that's what makes it cool, you know, because it has an authenticity amongst metalheads. You know, right. this isn't you trying to shoehorn, right. or, you know. I mean, you you do a great job with the you know the tip of the cap w- with Weird Al, but even if Weird Al tried to do something like this, I don't think it would come across as genuine, you know. Right. And, and no no disrespect to Weird Al, you know, he's kind of king of all comedy albums you know when it comes to music but right you know um was it hard and you've got as i mentioned you know kind of a who's who of of guest stars on this album i mean you've been involved with metal for a long time and obviously involving scott certainly i'm sure made a lot of people say yeah where do i sign but was there anybody you had to kind of sell on the idea or was maybe maybe thought this was a little too low brow for them Without, even if you don't want to mention names. No, the, no, the only people, no one, no one straight up said no. Uh, the only people were like uh, Zetro and uh, Chuck Billy. When I asked them to be on Take on Me, they were just like, "Really, we're covering that song?" And I was just like, "Yes, yes, we are." And trust me, and. And when they were doing their vocals, they both recorded their vocals up in the Bay Area um, mm-hmm. without me. They both sat down and said, hey, man, I don't know how to sing this. You know, how do you want me to sing this? And I just went, I want you to sing it like Chuck Billy. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, that's why 
I asked you to do this for a reason. Like, and uh, it didn't take much convincing. They both went, oh, okay. You know, I, yeah. I just said, do what you do. And then it, it came out amazing. I'm super yeah. proud of it. But it, but it was a, a, a little bit of them going, you know, it was kind of out of their wheelhouse. They don't ever do anything silly or goofy. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're metal all the time. So you, for me to go, hey, man, I know this song is a little... It's a little whatever, you know, it's a little whatever, but I think we're going to make it awesome. I just wanted to be, I want to do the most metal version of that song. Yeah, it was kind of fun listening to the album because, you know, I, I take on me, the name didn't exactly, it didn't register in my head what song I was about to hear. And then you hear it and you're like, wow, this is, it reminded me very much of another Chuck Billy song when, when you hear him sing Silent Night on one of those, you know, Christmas compilation albums where you're like, holy hell. Right. Yeah. That might have been the most chilling version of Silent Night ever. Um, right. You, you know, this worked out really cool. And and the other, you know, song that I think obviously was like, how did you pick this song was, what did the fox say? Um, was that, did that start as a series or did you just kind of throw around ideas for the craziest song you could do? Well, we did the fox almost five years ago. Uh, okay. And then we did Take On Me, Take On Me about two years ago okay. uh, before before Jill Janice uh, passed I mm -hmm. mean I got her to be on the record but uh, yeah I never went hey these are the two songs that I'm covering it's just sort of both uh, European pop tunes that mm -hmm. we sped up and made metal but I think both songs really lend to you know making them heavier uh, I think they both <laughs> turned out great and are kind of you know what I pictured and I've always said uh, and any song that you hear would be better if it was made metal. And I feel like I proved my point. Like yeah. I took uh, two goofy pop tunes and and made them heavy. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would say, you know, if you weren't going to make the Fox metal, then maybe just make it silent because that's one of those songs where, you know, you're like, wow, this is, that was a risky song, but it it does work very well. And I think you know Corey and Michael's voices. The way you intertwine them, yeah, um, really, you know, you know, and I guess I mean the fact that everyone it is an earworm is somewhat indicative. It is a good song, even though probably everybody was sick of it because they heard it a trillion times. You know? Right, right. But, um, you know, but I feel like waiting five years is good too. That that you know that we didn't put it out right right when uh, that song was popular. Right. I feel like we waited, <laughs> and. uh I love my favorite part about it is getting Scotty in to do gang vocals on it, you know, mm -hmm. like <laughs> to do that anthrax style, you know, have him in the booth singing, you know, what a fox would say. That that stuff cracked me up the most. Yeah, like it, having him, having him like this dude that's he has a sense of humor. He's one of my closest friends, but yeah. uh, you know, he's so metal, and to have that dude going. What the fuck, say? <laughs> you know, it's, it's really silly. And, you know, it, it's kind of cool because we, we expect humor from you. I mean, you know, your career has been, you know, well defined in, in the world of comedy and entertainment. But, you know, you've got some people like, you know, on this album, that, you know, Scott always seems to have kind of a silly side, but there's a lot of guys on this album where you think, but these, you know, pretty serious metal dudes, and, you know, you might not get a smile. Oh, Gary Holt, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. I think but I know those dudes. Those guys all have those guys all have a sense of humor. All those guys. The thing about the record 
and all the people that I got, they're all my friends, with mm-hmm. the exception of one. The only person that's on the record uh, that I didn't personally ask is um, uh, Jeff Pilson from uh, Dokken. That right. was my producer asking him. Everybody else, they're all my pals. And, you know, so it took a while, you know, even for me, like, 15 years ago to realize Gary Holt had a sense of humor, you mm. know what I mean? And it, it happened from being his friend and going, hey, this guy is funny, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, he and, wrote these terrifying Exodus songs when he was a teenager, but he's yeah. a funny dude. Now, you you guys, and, and, and I think one another thing that, that really jumped off the page was Jay Rustin, who has, you know, got... You know, a really good track record of really great metal albums. You guys didn't go and get, you know, yeah, nobody in the world of production to work on this. You, you know, you kind of went for one of the best. Um, was this his first kind of foray into something like this? No. So he'd done um, more metal than you, also with me. Okay. Uh, so we've been friends for a, we've been friends for a while, and he did that song in the Gambler. However long ago I recorded those, I'm not even sure. Uh, on my second comedy record on Relapse, I did those two songs. Mm. The first one, I used Bill Matoyer uh, to produce. Bill Matoyer produced uh, um, More Metal Than You, or Metal by Numbers, excuse me. And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I it's not often that somebody doing their first thing hooks up with guys like him to yeah. get Bill Matoyer and, and Jay Rustin. But it just came from, you know, Scott introducing me and then and then Jay and I becoming friends and Jay was super patient with this record he lives near me so uh, whenever you know these these songs kind of came together and patchwork you know where it was like a song would not have vocals for almost a year and then I'd go hey man I finally you know I finally wrote lyrics to Grandpa Metal let me come in and, and do it and Jay was so cool about that while he was doing other projects you know he was, yeah in between, you know, doing a Mata Marth and whatever else. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, his his in the last couple of years, many great albums have come out of him. Um, so it's yeah, it's great. Well, that's how we got a Mata Marth on our record. Was he was recording with a Mata Marth and and just asked uh, Johan to be on my record and, and uh, but I already knew Johan, so that one I, I forgot about that one. But that was another one of uh, him uh, reaching out. Yeah, it's kind of fun because, you know, you look at this lineup and it's kind of like a, a We Are the World of Metal um, sort of, you know, all coming together on some of these <laughs> songs. And, I, you know, I think that that makes it kind of cool. And, you know, plus, you know, when you listen to it, you know, there are songs you can listen to over and over well, again me, where maybe a comedy album you don't listen to quite as many times through, um, perhaps. But that's what I was going for. There mm-hmm. were there were comedy uh albums that you would listen to you know like uh you mentioned sandler earlier but Mm. uh sandler uh and then before that you know cheech and chong growing up those cheech and chong records you'd play over and over and over and over and and that's what i was going for and why i had like little sketches as links and i just Mm. wanted you know i know people nowadays don't really listen to records from front to back right uh or at least you know, maybe the younger generation doesn't, but I still do, and I, you know, and I still love records that, you know, have uh, a cohesiveness, and I feel like this does. Like, yeah. that was the thing I was also going for, where I wanted it to feel 
like I knew what I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> and, didn't. and you <laughs> use those bits. But, to, you use those bits to kind of suck you in. You know, like like you say, it's so yeah. damn easy with Spotify to just jump around. But but I think metalheads, in by and large, you know, especially the era that's going to appreciate this. You know, my generation are used to side A song one to ride it to the end. Right. Um, you know, and that's that's what's kind of cool is that you you you've got stuff in between that kind of hook you in. You know, there's a little bit with a, you know um, Weird Al or you know the Scary Nightmare stuff to kind of get you to the next track, and it almost draws you in, and that's it's really well done. Thank you. The um, you know, looking at your your resume. I mean, you are slightly older than me, but I think you've been involved with almost every major franchise of entertainment, you know, from <laughs> The Mandalorian, you know, to, to to writing comic books, to working with Anthrax. I mean, you kind of, I don't speak for, I probably speak for a lot of metalheads, that you're kind of living the life that everybody kind of dreamt about, you know, hanging with, with these guys, you know, calling them friends and, and working in the projects. Um is there a secret to it, or is it, I mean, you just got, you're obviously kind of a unique actor, you know, I can't think of anybody I said, boy, he reminds me of Brian. Um, how how did it kind of snowball into this, or did you ever expect it to, to get like this? No, uh, it happened organically, and, and I got to give Scott a lot of credit. I mean, becoming friends with him, as long as I, you know, mm-hmm. we became friends at the end of the 90s, right after I had worked on Mr. Show and it it happened because he was a Mr. Show fan and his roadie recognized me at an Anthrax show and I was alone because uh, my uh, my close stand-up friends at that time weren't really metalheads. You mm-hmm. know, now I have Brendan Small and people like that that will go to shows with me. But, uh, you know, 20 years ago, Patton Oswalt was not going to go with me to see Anthrax at the House of Blues. That just sure. wasn't going to happen. So I, I went solo and made friends with those guys uh and just through him i met everybody else uh you know and then there was you know i can't give him all the credit but i met a lot of bands you know like on the road too where i'd be like in florida mm-hmm. and malevolent cre- malevolent creation would show up uh am i saying their last name right yeah 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 they you know Guys like that would show up and go, "Hey man, uh, you're hilarious," and I'd go, "Really? You <laughs> like you know who I am?" And it's just you know, it happened from these guys recognizing me as a fan. I think because I did mm-hmm. talk about you know the fact that I had a Slayer joke 15 years ago that was you know pro Slayer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know some of their fans didn't completely understand it, but. Uh, you know, the fact that it was clear, you know, and I, even on my first Comedy Central special, you know, I had my notebook with all those metal bands. That wasn't an intentional thing. I didn't like go up and go, Hey man, I want to meet bands, but mm. that was part of what, you know, what did it of, of me just being out there and them going, Oh, that guy likes what I do too, you know? Yeah. And it, you know what's kind of neat? Cause you look at, you know, we see pictures of you with various band shirts and, and I know how metal heads are because, you know, we follow enough of these different sites and, and they'll criticize the shit out of a celebrity who wears a, a band's shirt when, you know, it's oh, not man. genuine. Yeah. You know, you see, you know, whatever c- celebrity actress is wearing a, you know, a, a Dio oh. shirt and they just torture, um, you know, because it's a, Dude. it's a fashion statement, you know. 
Well, my my wife to attest that that is something I have like ranted about for years. Like mm-hmm. the first time I saw Drew Barrymore wearing a Motley Crue shirt, like mm-hmm. even though it was Motley, I was still like, nope. <laughs> you know, I just didn't buy it. And then going into his stores with her, like going into a Nordstrom and seeing like a yeah. ripped up Metallica shirt, I freak out and I do like selfies of me flipping off the shirt and she <laughs> she could attest that's that's been a thing. Yeah, the Big. the authenticity and met well that's where more metal than you came from of mm-hmm. you know, just we always judge each other. We always judge other metalheads. I mean we're welcoming and we're like a brotherhood, but we're also kind of almost <laughs> shitty to each other of like Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What's the you know what's the heaviest what's the heaviest band you're into or or when did you get into Metallica? You know what I mean? Like yeah. even going back to the eighties, I had a friend who stopped liking Metallica on the second record and said they were posers, and I was just like, dude, like this stuff is just building. Like like how are you? <laughs> you know, you're, you're uh, absolutely circling, right. You know, make, yeah, drawing a line in the sand, calling that band, you know, that was changing everything at that time. And the second record was, I think, even heavier than the first. Well, it was produced better. Uh, but, uh, you know, I remember this guy going, no, those guys are posers. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That. Yeah, you're absolutely you're, Everybody's welcoming until you make the mistake of wearing the Judas Priest shirt to the Judas Priest show, and then you're an idiot because you made the mistake. You wore the <laughs> right. band's shirt right. to their show. Um, but you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's who's the heaviest, who, who got into Guns N' Roses first, who, you know, who uh, we all, you know, get into these kind of arguments. Right. And, and I think that makes it fun. Right. And then with and then with death metal and black metal, it's, you know, it's like, oh, you, you know, you listen to mainstream because you can't listen to the first Mayhem record, which sounds like complete garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that that's... Uh, that's great. When you were a young, you know, in your formative years, I mean, I've got to be curious because, like I said, you've been involved with comic books, which is probably every kid's dream, whoever could draw worth the crap or write worth the crap. You, uh, you, you know, now made a full-on metal album. You've been, like I said, in every TV show I can think of. When you were a young man, what was the goal? When you, you dreamt, you know, here's what I want to do for a living. You know, I don't think anybody said I want to do all the things that you've done, but was there something specific that you said no. that was it? Uh, when I started stand up, like when I was a kid, I remember seeing um, character actors or people on sitcoms that mm-hmm. were uh, weren't the lead, but that would come out. You know, like a guy like Monroe on, uh, you know, and I can't even remember the name of that show. Uh, Too close for comfort. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was it. But those kind of shows or even you know like the, the the guy who owned the pizza place on Happy Days who had a couple of lines but would say funny stuff and get big laughs mm. I remember seeing those guys and going I want to do that like my my sights were low as a kid like I, I never I never went hey I want to be Richie Cunningham right. I was like no I want to be the guy that walks in and says the joke that's funnier than Richie Cunningham and uh, be Al that Delvecchio. was yeah, that was the first thing like that where I, where I ever thought, you know, but I never went, hey, I'm going to do that. I just thought that was a cool thing. Mm-hmm. And then through, you know, when I started comedy, my sights were pretty low with stand-up, too. It was just like, uh, you know, when I first started, I was like, oh, I can, I can do this. Uh, and I thought, 
you know, maybe I'll be like, you know, at the time, it's like Pauly Shore, because I was mm. his age. Sure. And I was like, if I can do that, if I can get on MTV and be the long-haired guy that does metal jokes, because I was, that's kind of what I was doing when I started. Mm-hmm. But then I lost my hair. <laughs> yeah. so I'm with you. I'm with fell you. Fell into everything, you know. And then I fell into all these things, and and uh, but like the sitcom stuff, it came from me moving to LA. And uh, the first time I was on stage in LA, a casting director saw me and uh, had me come in the next day for a show, and I got the part. Like shit, like that doesn't happen to everybody, and sure. that's never that's no, nothing you could plan either. You could never go. Yeah, I'm gonna go down and just start getting on sitcoms, <laughs> but yeah. but that's what happened. I moved yeah, to LA in a, the '90s, and yeah. then immediately, while I was working on stuff like Mr. Show, I was still going out on auditions, and then winding up on like Friends and shit like that. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there, when you look down through it, it is just insane. You know, I go through. Wow, I can't believe it's on that show. I can't believe it's on that show. You know, literally, I went through my house, and you were on the favorite show of everybody who lives in my house. You know, and it's, you know, it's it's uncanny because you don't see people do that. But you know, then you're like, oh yeah, I remember him. He was this guy, or he was that guy on that episode. And, and but you're memorable, um, you know. And that's, well, a that's, lot of that came through. That came through friends, friends too, of or not the show friends, but mm, uh, right. Uh, most of the stuff I've done came from fellow writers going, hey, you know who could do this? Like even the Mandalorian yeah. recently. That came from. Uh, an editor who had worked with me on uh, Sarah Silverman program saying to John Favreau, like, hey, you, you know, you have this small part, but you want it to be somebody recognizable, but also somebody who's going to want to do a small part in a star. And, you know, get Brian Posehn. Yeah. And that's how, like, I got Big Bang Theory. That's how I got to shoot me. All those, you know, very few of those shows did I even audition for. Those were like a writer going, Hey, Brian Posehn does this thing where he screams, you know, it, he'll scream in your face. Let's get him for just shoot me. And that's how that happened, you know. Hey, whatever you, you did, Brian, it worked uh, in spades. Um, <laughs> again, uh, your album, Grandpa Metal, will be out on the 14th. Great Valentine's Day gift for anybody who loves metal, obviously. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on the road. I know you're doing some shows, I think, in uh, out towards Philly, but hopefully we'll, you know, get you back in Western PA before too long doing some stand up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Nice talking to you. Are you ready? Disturbed. The 20th anniversary of the sickness. August 13th, S&T Bank Music Park. Disturbed. With very special guest, Stain. And Bad Wolves, The Sickness 20th Anniversary Tour. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com and Ticketmaster.com. All right. Again, a big thank you to Brian Posehn uh, for coming on the show. The album Grandpa Metal will be out on the 14th of February. Uh, It features not only uh, Take On Me, uh, the song we played at the top of the show is we talk about in the interview uh, what does the fox say or I'm not even sure what the actual name of the song is he's called the fox what does the fox say but uh, you know you just have to hear some of this stuff there's a cameo by Weird Al um, it's everything you'd expect from Brian uh, you know inside of his mind it's incredibly funny stuff and really cool metal um, you know I, I said to him in the interview and I totally meant this I think all of us growing up of a certain era 
would look at what he's accomplished and be so envious of of the things on his resume you know working on you know a star wars series with the mandalorian working on a comic book with deadpool working with anthrax um you know it's it's a it's a really cool uh body of work uh and very happy for him to get this album out it's really a fantastic record so i invite you to check that out you can visit us at ironcityrocks.com we are on instagram facebook youtube twitter snapchat we are iron city rocks on all of those ironcityrocks at gmail.com let us know uh what kind of stuff you like do you like the metal stuff you like some blues you like classic rock what, what are you into suggestions for bands that maybe we haven't had on the show um very proud to say that we're running short on bands that we haven't had on the show over the years we just kind of enjoy listening to radio stations and thinking to myself okay we've had that band we've had that band oh it'd be nice to get this band um but unfortunately the beatles and uh, are not uh, doing too many interviews so uh, invite you to you know any suggestions you have we would appreciate and love to hear from you guys so until next time we want to thank you for listening